Twilight Zone Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can find us on Twitter at HorizonRT. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. You can follow us on Facebook, and I'm sure we do something on Facebook. I'm not sure what it is, at Horizon Roundtable. And, of course, be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And, Matt, um, it has been one crazy week. <laughs> it's not really crazy. every week. Like, can it we pretty much is, say that anyway? This week was absolutely even more crazy. Um, and we'll get to a lot of that. And we'll get to a lot of that in the second part of the podcast. But, um, but first and most importantly, um, especially your right state fans, uh, by virtue of the of sweeping the weekend and Cleveland State splitting their series against Detroit Mercy. There's a there's a tie at the top between Cleveland State and Wright State, and uh, I couldn't think of somebody I couldn't think of a better person to have on the podcast than a former member of the of Wright State, uh, Bill Wampler. Bill, hey, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be on here and be able to talk Horizon Link hoops. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Bill, I guess the, uh, I, I let, let's kind of jump into, cause you kind of know most of the guys who are on this current roster. I mean, and basically the rotation is basically filled with guys you played with last year. Um, are you, are you, I guess we're not really surprised that they're able to do this or are you, are you all that surprised that, you know, they've been able to kind of, you know, basic kind of methodically take apart a lot of these teams this season? Uh, no, not really. Um, Obviously, with Loudon Love as your centerpiece, you're not gonna you're gonna have a lot of chances to win games. And um, our development system has been really good. And obviously, being there firsthand, I understand what goes into every day and and how coaches really target players and how to get them better. And so I I even experienced that firsthand. I I, I was a significantly better player um, coming through that program than I was at Drake. Um, but I, I knew these guys were gonna step up. And like the additions of Tim Finke, he he was. He was an animal. 100% of the time, he goes 100%. So I knew he was going to be a, a really good addition. And just guys want to play hard for Coach Nagy. So it's it's if you play hard, you can win games. What do you think you guys do differently at Wright State um, that helps with that development? You know, we've seen Grant Basile, obviously. Um, uh, Tanner Holden from freshman year to sophomore year here has been a huge jump. Like, what, what are you guys doing different in the gym or in the workout room or whatever? Or is it just buying into the system that, that really sees these player developments coming out of Wright State? Um, I think it's a culture thing, and I know people always preach culture, 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 like everyone wants to have a, a good culture, but it starts for me firsthand with Grant Benzinger, because um, that man would be in the gym probably three times a day, 5 a.m., he would always say, beat the sun up, stuff like that, and so it kind of started there, that's where I was like, man, I, I want to work that hard, and then I, I set goals, I'd make 100,000 three-pointers over the summer, and then I would, like my senior year, Coach Nagy made us have buddies, and then so we would take people to the gym with us. And so I, Tanner Holden was actually my buddy. So I took him to the gym uh, a lot and I spent a lot of time with him in the gym. And so it was just kind of not only get other guys in the gym and hold them accountable, but it was um, just trying to grow relationships with each other. And I think I grew pretty close to Tanner that year. And I think he w- would agree that we got significantly better in the gym that whole year. But it's just you guys hold guys accountable and – it's Loudon's going to be the first one to call somebody out if they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And, and even guys that maybe don't play so much, they still get in the gym and, and they still want to be better and they still want to compete because our culture is all about competition. And, and there's not one thing we do where um, 
is not going to be a competition between us. You mentioned the you mentioned kind of the accountability part of it. Obviously, um, and I want to bring that up because of the fact that there were uh, the fact that Wright State's lost three games in the Horizon League, but those were either on the heels of them completely dominating their weekly opponent or bouncing back from that. Like for example, you know when they lost the Cleveland when they lost the Cleveland State on the buzzer beater um, that Friday. Saturday they turn around and win by what thirty nine I think it was I yeah something remember. like that yeah I don't know I'm, I was a little <laughs> traumatized by that so <laughs> but how uh, you know when you talk about the culture how does how does that translate to such a bounce back and then you know even after that there were there have been some really especially late in the season it's been they've been on a pretty they've been on a tear obviously you know. Milwaukee, the Milwaukee kind of kept it close this weekend, but you know, close is still to you know winning by ten. Yeah, I mean, we the thing is like because I also had the experience of two different programs. So I went to Drake University first, and then I spent two years there, and it was almost like we didn't expect to win a lot of the games, or like we would be winning a game and it would be like, oh no, what's going to happen? Where we're going to lose this game somehow? Um, but we're at Wright State. It took me a little bit. I'm glad I had that transition year because I got to figure out where we think we're going to win every single game, no matter what, no matter if we're down 20. We have confidence in, in the fact that we can get up every day and compete with anybody. We don't care if that's a, a high major team or like a Horizon League team. We, we treat everybody the same. Um, and I think that's one thing we don't we don't try to overlook opponents and really just we try to play our best brand of basketball and in in every single night. Um, but I mean, our resilience is there and it all starts with coach Nagy and that man never wavers. Um, he's always a, a stone solid, solid figure on the sideline. So you always can look at your leader and, and when he's not wavering, you, you get courage and you get strength from that. Do you find, um, or do you think, how do I want to phrase this? Obviously you, like you said, every game you guys want, want to want to win and you expect to win, but the couple losses that Wright state has this year, have almost kind of seemed like they phoned it in a little bit. Like, you know, the second game against Oakland, you know, they, they battled back. And then, I mean, Oakland was definitely the less talented team, and but they came back to win that. Do you think there's a little bit of complacency with a team that's been together for a long time? They do have that mentality of they can really just turn it on and make it happen. Is that a little bit of a trap for a team like this? Yeah, that's what uh, Coach Nagy really preached. Is like we can't just have a switch, and we don't have a switch where we can just turn it on whenever we want to. We might be very talented, but we got to play 100% of the time, all the time, and if we want to win these games, because especially with back-to-backs, it's going to be very tough, and you're going to play an opponent twice in a row, and they're going to basically do something different completely maybe the next night to try to throw you off. And Yeah, there. it's just uh, I think also we, we – we have a joke, me and Cole Gentry and some other guys. Um, it's called the curse of the the tele- nationally televised games, where we're more likely to lose on nationally televised games than any other team in the Horizon League. Um, because it, go back, like we lost on a buzzer beater to UIC, we lost on a buzzer beater to Miami of Ohio and stuff like that. So those nationally televised games, I, it might might give other teams more motivation than us um, because we do play on quite a bit of nationally televised games for a Horizon League team. Um, so it's just, I think my senior, we played 13 nationally televised games. And so other teams may not have that opportunity, which we're very lucky to do. I'll shout out Bob Grant. Um, 
but they they might get an extra gear and be able to turn it up a little bit more because they know they're playing a nationally televised game and and they have a bunch of different people watching that may might not might not normally be watching. I don't know, Bill. I watched you single-handedly almost destroy Oakland uh, last year on a nationally televised game at in the arena. So uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen well, you. Well, yeah, it. my senior well, year that was kind of like an anomaly to that. We didn't really until. So obviously. it's not just us. No, I think it's we really, brought this exact same thing up it's last really week. not. It's it's like a curse or something. It's like other teams get up for it and we're just like, it's another game and they just hit another gear and then we kind of start out sluggish. And I know we battled with that a lot in my senior year trying to, we even acknowledged that we're like, we usually start out bad in these games. And, um, but that my senior year, um, Jordan Barnfeld was, was our good luck charm. And I, and I let him know, and I was pretty disappointed in the, in the horizon league championship game when, uh, he wasn't doing our game because we, we didn't lose the game with him that year. I can say it. You don't have to. I'm always disappointed when Dan Dockick is, is on the call, too. <laughs> That's me talking, not not Bill Wampler. I'm saying it. I don't care. I'm always disappointed when they bring him in. I don't care if he's from Indiana. He doesn't know the league. He spends half the time talking about the Big Ten, and I can't stand it. Right. I think Jordan Jordan does a really good job for Jordan's our league. fantastic. Yeah. He's a friend of the show. Right. He is. We, we had him on a couple – we had him on a few weeks ago. Um Absolutely loves love it when when he when he comes on and I know he's a uh, he, him and um yeah he, this year who did he have he had David Paget this year for color I know last year he had uh, what was it Rob Kennedy last year yes so he's kind of been yeah he's been kind of having his color guy has been kind of a rotating rotation of folks but yeah usually you know when when Jordan's running point it's all good. Yeah, for sure. He's a he's a good dude too. I I would always when I would take a, a Theragun out there before the game, about thirty minutes before the game, I would sit by the um the media desk and I would always talk to him before every game. He's a good dude, so it's good to be able to get to know him, especially the more my senior year. Yeah, you've talked a lot, you know, about you know these nationally televised games, and obviously you played in all the different gyms around the Horizon League with uh, no fans this year. Which team do you think is losing the most? You know, by not having that true home home court advantage. Like, where think, were your favorite places I, to play? I, I think we are. I think this is going to hurt us because this is a big. This would have been a big momentum year for us to carry over the attendance from last year, um, mm-hmm. just because we were just kind of getting those casual fans in Dayton that weren't that weren't really going to go to a right state game. But we led the league in attendance again, and we had so many more fans and so many new, more new people just coming in uh, because the, our basketball product was high quality. Obviously, the my last year there, it was hard because Dayton had the most historical season they've ever had, but they were still getting those casual fans. And I think this year would have been a huge year because uh, we're better than Dayton this year. And yes. I think some of those fans would, would maybe even come over and watch just a, a game or a casual game. And I think uh, it, it might be a step back for us um, this next year because it's just people might've forgotten about us for some reason. Um, but then I think, we're going to keep growing and obviously we want to sell at the Nutter Center in that game against NKU when we had that green out. That stupid. was one of the most incredible experience I've ever had. And that was so many people there. It was, it was awesome to watch on TV even. Yeah, I, mean, really I, I wish in retrospect, I would have dr- taken the couple hour drive down to Dayton. If I'd realized that was what was about to happen, it was unreal for a mid major. And what's crazy is the, the year before Grant Benzinger's year, uh, the Grant Grant Bangsers year, we actually had more fans there against in that Northern Kentucky game, which was I didn't know that too, but that was crazy. But that was there was a lot of NKU fans there that year too. I think NKU is probably the so second we heard. Most, like, it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were up there. They were chirping. It was it was fun. That's a good experience. I love playing those guys. 
I'm glad you brought up Northern Kentucky. Obviously, um, a couple uh, during the off season, we had Jordan Blunt on, uh, former UIC player who was who who's I don't know who, his his feelings for Wright State are rather strong. I don't know if you know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. As far as, as as far as you know, rivalries. Obviously, you know, would you during your time and even now as you're looking at it, who would you consider probably Wright State's kind of which team in this in this conference did uh, did you guys you know have the most you know want to play the best for uh, want to be what which team amped you guys up more than any other ones? Um, I I mean the easy answer would be NKU. Um, but we did my years we had success against NKU pretty much. Yeah, it was I think I was like four and two against mm-hmm. NKU. But uh, I think for me personally and some of the guys, it was actually UIC just because there was kind of a, a little bit of – it was chippy when we played them and they kind of tried to punk us and they, they felt like we weren't the best team and stuff like that. And it was hard to play there. They're good. They're long. They're athletes. And I prided myself. I was I called myself the Horizon League nice guy. I would always – like talk to you before the game and be really nice to you guys, like everybody. Like I talked to Jordan quite a bit actually, because <laughs> we would spend some time guarding each other. And so I don't think he would feel that way against me, but I think it's probably mostly against some that what happened against Loudon and there was some exchange words and it was it was fun to be a part of that <laughs> and see that. But I think that's probably where the the hatred comes from. And they they obviously had our number um, when I was there too, which is kind of tough for us. You know, it's fun for us too, because you know, we, give it gives us something to talk about. Oh yeah, I mean, like when the, they got that double technical and Loud was in his face. Uh, but great. it's crazy because Loud, yeah, it's fun. It's good for the league. It's good for what people watching, and it's just competitive. And it's good to see more teams try to be competitive. And obviously, UIC hasn't have really a history of being like too competitive, so it's just good to see them growing as a, as a program as well. Yeah, it's interesting that we see the dynamic between last year when Steve McLean was still the head coach and this year Luke Yaklich is still kind of easing his way in. And there was a, and you know, when we watch the games this year with UIC and last year as opposed to last year with UIC, it's kinda of like night and day. Yeah, I mean those guys they went from really explosive three guards last year to now kind of what they're at. They're still uh, they're they're pretty they're a good team and they're gonna grow and, and coach Yaklis is gonna do a good job growing that program but like those three guards that they had um, Marcus Adi might have been the most athletic person I've ever played against um, it was just and he was so quick and could just jump so high it was just because I remember one time he dunked on Parker Ernsthausen and I was like what is going on here <laughs> it's like he's the smallest guy in the court most of the time but he's probably the most athletic guy in the court but they they kind of are transitioning from that brand of basketball where they had Tarkus Ferguson they could rely on these guys to isolate and play more one-on-one to more of a a team brand basketball which is a good way to grow sure when a player like that gets dunked on obviously in the middle of the game you know you're not gonna react or anything but after the game when you're watching film with that do you you laugh a little bit like is that no I I mean I was laughing in the game I'm pretty sure (laughs) When people like, I, I don't know, we had a very weird relation. Like, we could laugh at our mistakes and what would happen. And I mean, other people would be like, maybe upset, but we knew how to like control it. And like, definitely after the game, we would laugh at it and replay it. And like, there's one time Grant Benzinger got dunked on by Sandy Cohen, and <laughs> we kept laughing at that. And and then I also like, we laugh at I Sandy Cohen's. Uh, 
he, I took a charge on his last play in the Horizon League tournament. And he tried to dunk on me, like stuff like that. And it's just like we laugh at all those little things, just like the same as everyone else would laugh at him. So you are human. How about that? Yeah, we're pretty much. Yeah, we're, we're, I would say like mid-major guys are probably more human than anybody. Like they they laugh at everything and like we have a light heart about things just because they're obviously we don't have the high major experience and it's just like we're we're just enjoying life and we're happy to be able to play basketball every single day. Go figure. You're college kids and you're still going to be college kids, you know? Like, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's cool you got a scholarship, but you just got dunked on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's when I, uh, like it happens. I mean, grand, it, we like to say it happens to everybody pretty much, and especially when you have really good athletes on your team. Like, like I, I had no business, like, jumping with people, and I would still try to jump with people. Like, it, And, like, if I get dunked on, I get dunked on. Like, it, we have a good philosophy. If you get dunked on, you're either not playing hard enough or you're playing too hard. So, uh, so what have you been up to ever since you left? Uh, ever since you left, right uh, state. Um, so I well, I went to Germany um, and uh, for a little bit, and then I ended up having to leave for mental health reasons, just because with COVID and everything, sure. it was just uh, it was just too much, and I didn't really feel like I was going to be able to do it because you actually have to be a completely different brand of person to be able to do that, and it's it's hard and. The lifestyle is so different, uh, but I made some good friendships over there and with the coaching staff and Cam Hankerson, one of my roommate. So there's another Horizon Lake connection. Um, but um, yeah, it's just now I'm kind of just trying to figure out what I want to do um, in my life, which is kind of like, I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I'm 24 years old now, so I just got, I don't really know what I want to do career wise. And that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out right now, which is kind of I'm in limbo. I feel like I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm still in college, but I'm not. You're 24. So you're like only three years younger than Loudon Love, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, Loudon acts probably more mature. Uh, I can't say that. Loudon is mature, but for his age, but he also is immature. <laughs> I, it was, I think it was this weekend I was watching the game and someone mentioned that he was 23 and I was like, wow, like that makes sense. Like that, the math is right on that. But well, what's crazy is I'm pretty sure James Manns is 23 also, and he's a junior. Huh. Yeah, and Loudon could play another year if he wanted to. I don't know what the right public state's going to handle all this or what his future plans are. I'm, do you do you have any insight into that, Bill Wampler? I mean, I don't really have any insight. Loudon is Loudon. I think loves the program a lot, and I don't think you'd be surprised to see him back. Um, but also, I, I don't know. It's his life, and he could obviously I feel find- like we need I feel like we need to like start lobbying like all these uh, pro basketball teams say, you guys need to take a look at Loud Love right now. Right now. Right now, damn it. Or, or hey, I mean, that would get him out there. <laughs> but he doesn't have, like, a typical European-style game either, sure. which is kind of weird. But obviously he's so dominant and, like, and so athletic. I want to see him play in the NFL or try You to. know what? We've, we've actually had a conversation about that too because he's kind of got the build for, like, I mean, he, over the last few years, he's, he's kind of got the build for, like, a you know, a – a, a serviceable tight end in the, right. in the NFL. Um, but I guess, honestly, we, we actually had a conversation about, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, we had a conversation about this, that you ha- while you have Loud Love, who's you know arguably the best player in the league, and incidentally, last year there was no argument, he was player of the year. Um, you look at that roster for Wright State, and it seems like you're, you're, you've got Grant Basile, who's kind of come in, and really stepped up to because because I I know that there have been games where Loudon hasn't even played you know more than twenty five minutes and 
it didn't matter because Grant Basile was on the on the floor, you know, averaging a double double himself. Yeah, Grant is incredibly talented and always has been really talented. It's just like he hasn't been able to stay healthy, which I'm gonna knock on some wood here. But he's been doing a good job and he's taking care of his body and um, he's just he works hard and that's he's changed his shot. Um, kind of had that little over the head catapult and now he doesn't really anymore. Um, but he's uh, he's really skilled with the basketball like not like loud and skilled but more like guard skilled um he can dribble very well and, and actually cross guys up if you really needed to but he's uh even from high school kind of because that's kind of how he played in high school um because got uh, being from wisconsin i know guys would literally put four four people on him so he would have to take the ball up half the time sure. to even have the ball um and he played in a talented league in high school with like title hero and stuff like that and that's one of his greatest stories. He he beat Tyler Hero on a broken foot and had 30 points and 20, 20 rebounds. Now, one other thing that we've noticed with with uh, with Grant uh, with Basili as opposed to Loudon Love is that Grant Basili isn't afraid to go out beyond the arc and shoot it. I think he prefers it actually. I think he wants to be more of a stretch guy, but he's not also like. I think he's he thrives better from the perimeter to get to the rim than just being back to the basket because I feel like he just puts his head into people half the time and just kind of just throws his head around in there and tries to he's so long and he, he can make so many awkward shots so that's why he's good down there but I feel like he's he prefers being off the dribble. That actually reminds me. I don't know. I I'm not sure how this came up, but apparently there's a petition online right now requesting Loudon Love to shoot a three because he's only <laughs> shoot he's only shot one three. All of his entire career. And hey, apparently you know, there, you know there's crazy? a request now. Loudon's not a bad shooter. Like, not at all. Like, we would play – I don't know if you guys ever played the game Tips where you – like, it's like 20 – basically up to 21 and you're shooting three-pointers pretty much. Um, and, the, and then, like, I'm not going to explain the rules. But he would shoot threes and he can make threes, like, very consistently. Like, he's a he, – because he puts in a lot of work and shoots a lot of free throws. Um, so he can his jumper is pretty much there, but if he's wide open, I, I didn't, I'm like almost seventy percent sure he'd make it. I just don't know yeah. why. I think it's a coach Nagy thing. He, he wants him to be down at the block, obviously, because um, when you're that big and that strong, you could probably well, get a layup every time. Sure, but, but what surprises me is usually like they, you know, when they're up by like twenty five or thirty, I'm like, I mean, I get the discipline thing, but but why not? <laughs> I think I think in his heart he really wants to, <laughs> but I feel like I, he would get an earful, um, and I I don't think he because he's such a nice guy he kind of yeah. a people pleaser I don't think he wants to <laughs> go no, through all it, that, I <laughs> <laughs> but but I I, th- I think he would make it. I I don't know I think Loudon might beat Grant Basile in a three point contest honestly out of ten. All right, Bill, oh. I need you to be my insider on this. I've I've needed to ask this question for a couple of years, and you're you're going to be our go to on this. Can you talk to us about the cornrows from last year in, oh, the, in this oh. agent that's happening this year? Like, who is the stylist? What's the thought process here? Like, I need to know what is going on on the top of Loudon Love's head. Um, well, I mean, that kind of all started when I first came to Wright State. I had a man bun as well. It's just something for- about... As a former man bun guy, I, I have no problem with that. I never... Yeah, really- yeah. And he was kind of going for a man bun. And then... Um, I don't know. Somebody's like, you should do do this to your hair and braid your hair. And he was like, all right. So he went and he pays people to braid his hair, like like professional people to braid his hair. Um, you could tell when that's done. Uh, and then there's all, all also like maybe his girlfriend does the small, like the bigger braids. Um, but I don't know what made him decide to do that. 
Um, he's a pretty good looking guy. And then when he does that, it's like he's he goes from like a 10 to like an eight. But like <laughs> he, he needs I don't know. He, he's so like he just likes to be goofy. And I think that's that's pretty much what it is. And it's like how, it's like it's also kind of a thing for the other team. It's like I'm really letting this dude with this on his head score 30 points on me like it's like it's kind of demoralizing like i said now he's got this like 80 90s film like slick agent thing going you know no, like no, no. yeah he's with the worst beard. he's been doing the he's been doing and, and i keep calling it the the scandinavian tennis star from the yeah. 70s look with the with the long hair and the he looks like bjorn borg at this point yeah i mean he's just i don't know i think he's at a, a crossroads right now where he doesn't know what to do with his hair but i think he's gonna keep letting because he like well we joke he looks like trevor lawrence when it's when his hair's down so i call him trevor lawrence stuff like that but i don't know he's just he's I and mean, he'll figure it out eventually because i think he needs to go back to just know. like the, the regular hair well the funny part is like at the beginning of the season grandpa silly was also trying to go you know go hairstyle to hairstyle with him and yeah grant he, grant has curly like hair too. Up, like halfway through the season yeah which i'm because i gave grant a lot of crap for that right? <laughs> trust me because grant grant he doesn't have the head for it he's got a really small head <laughs> it doesn't work but no he grant grant looks so much better with his hair that he has right now than than uh I don't know. He just wanted to be loud. Tim Finke has the best hair on the team. He's that's he's funny. the mountain man. Like, yeah. yeah, and he fits his personality too. Like, that's what he is. He's like a, a mountain man. Like, would be out, outdoors camping. Like, I just I, I imagine him picture. like leading team yoga out on a mountain at some point and like yelling at you to like come on 4 a.m. let's get going yeah because he's very artistic too so it's like he's that's kind of fits his personality too which is cool and he's got he's definitely got the best beard on the team i've never been able to claim that title best beard on the team so that's kind of sad well uh, well billy thank you very much we really appreciate you joining us um tell her let everybody know where, where we can find where, where we can find you online well, I'm at uh, Billy Wampler two on Twitter, and then I'm Billy underscore Wampler ten on Instagram. I don't know why they're so different, but that's where I am. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was like ten when I made those accounts. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate it. I, I know we've been waiting a little while to get you on here, and uh, you know, definitely worth the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it was fun. Definitely come back if you guys need me to. Anytime, man. You're oh, we will. You say that now. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, we're we're like you. vampires. We're like vampires. You just let us in the house. Congratulations. for content. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Th- take care. All right. Thanks, guys. So beyond the other part, um, yeah, so that was a great conversation, Bill. I've been waiting for that for a while. I think um, we got all the important questions answered. So you know. Oh, Absolutely. I'm glad you asked the. Uh, it's funny you asked the hair question because that was going to be my last question. Absolutely. Uh, how could we not? Like, we wouldn't be doing our the Horizon fans any justice if we didn't figure out what's going on there. Now and now we know the mystery has been solved. So the answer is he doesn't know what to do with it. Got it. Does not. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. It doesn't matter. He scored. He scored twenty nine on. He scored twenty nine on Saturday. Bob, who who do you have for Player of the Week this week? Because it could, oh, there's so many easy and like so many good answers. I, mean, I want to say Marcus Burke. You could give it to Burke. You I, could give I, it to I Love. I legitimately say Marcus. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I gotta say, I want to say Marcus Burke this week because I think it's if, so if, dumb. I mean, not only that, he you know he not he had help this week too because 
because because in any other because um, Jalen Minnette scored in the twenties both games too, and then in any other normal week he'd be in consideration. You have, I mean, Antoine Davis probably won't get it just because no, they they split. So, but he had a big weekend. Dan Oladapo averaged just under twenty and twenty on the weekend. He won't get it because they split. Which, oh, yeah. I don't want to even talk about that. But, well, but yeah, we, have was, to, we have to talk about that one because it was against yes. Robert Morris. And the big news this week, aside from obviously uh, Wright State inching into a first place tie with Cleveland State this weekend, is AJ Brahma's gone. He is in the transfer portal now. I'm surprised it happened mid-season, but not surprised it happened. No, I'm not. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's been going on for a little bit. I, it seems like it was going on when he didn't travel with the team. The, uh, he didn't travel with the team um, the last series, so it wasn't really all that. It was a it was a series before Youngstown State, and then you know I don't know what happened during those overtime games, but yeah, that didn't happen. And yeah, I, the, the Robert Morris announcers talked a little bit about just how overly competitive AJ Brahma is and he's not used to losing and that might have had an effect on him like awesome. I mean he was clearly distracted at some point in the season because I he even posted on his Twitter at one point like shutting this down for the rest of the season like need to focus on the team and winning and all like I think there's just a lot going on around him and swirling I, we've heard from a couple different people Andy tools not necessarily easy to play for yeah. and I it all came to a head and uh AJ Brahma's gone which I mean that's a, big, that's a big piece to lose. So what does Robert Morris do? They turn around and beat Oakland in that first game without A.J. Brahma. Which brings, yeah, in the whole entire game, in the whole entire weekend, I'm I'm doing the same thing you're probably doing every time you watch Oakland. Who are you? Pick a team and be that team already. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be bad or mediocre even, cool. Be mediocre and then we know what to expect. Stop being a top four team and doing all these things and winning big games and then just, ab- for there's no better way, just shitting the bed on a game that you that you shouldn't be. There is yeah. no excuse for losing to Robert Morris in double overtime who just lost their star that day officially to the transfer portal and you've got everyone healthy, including Rashad Williams all of a sudden and, and you can't win? Like they 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 blew too bigly. They, they I mean they they really dominated the entire weekend, but yeah. still managed to lose one of those two games. Like that's unacceptable. Yeah, the second game I couldn't believe. I'm like, are you guys trying to lose this game? It, it kind of looked like it. Um, I'll say it out loud, and you know what? I don't even care if he tells me to watch my mouth again. Jalen Moore's had a really shitty couple weeks. It wasn't just this weekend. It, this goes back two or three weeks. I don't know if he's hit a wall. Like and I mean that happens, of course. Like and, and he's so talented. I think he will overcome it. But sure. let's call a spade a spade. Like Jalen Moore has not been playing well. The, the, statistically, it might look okay, but it really hasn't been very good. And I well, can't yeah. just talk about it. Like and that's again, I'm not coming down. Well, on what's it. interesting is I thought you know the last weekend he played Cleveland State, and I thought it was kind of a, I wasn't really surprised considering the way that their defense sets up. That I figured that they would kind of hone in on him. So I figured that the games against Cleveland State, he was going to, you know, run into some issues. But this weekend was a whole other animal and like where he was still having issues. Yeah, he's I mean, he's not shooting well. He's not making plays. It's just he's it's just a little off. And again, I think if anything, it's kind of he's hit a little bit of a wall. Um, It's probably, you know, he's first year in Div 1. And I think it's a little different than what he's used to. 
and I think he's going to overcome it. Um, he's very smart, very talented, but but right now he's not playing well. I mean, there was a stretch, and granted, Campy knows he needs to rest him more. There was a good stretch in the second half um, yesterday where Kangu became the, the backup point guard and, and more sat. And it was a combination of more having a bad day, needing rest, all these things. And that's, that's something Oakland's going to have to get figured out is how to get him back rolling to potentially, you know, first team Jalen Moore. But right again, now, beyond Jalen uh, Moore, you're, you have, you still have players that are stepping up. You had Rashad Williams, you know, shooting lights out on Saturday. You had Daniel Oladapo, who's, you know, grabbing every board on the planet and they still only come up with a split for this weekend. So that's also, you know, again, who are you? And you know, you know who Oakland's best speaking of who are you? Do you know who Oakland's best player was probably this this weekend both games outside of Daniel Oladapo. Daniel Oladapo is the answer. Next best player in over both games, Micah Parrish. Micah Parrish, yes, we haven't even talked about him. Yeah, like, he was outstanding he, he, this weekend. He he him and Trey Townsend both could potentially make freshman team. Like they're, they're both sus- playing really well. I, I do suspect that both of them will. I mean, again, it's it, you know, again, for all freshman team this year is going to be a, that's going to be an entertaining list. I mean, Marquez Work is obviously on there. He's obviously right. freshman of the year, and then you have, but it, it's it's such again. I, I keep bringing this up because it it's that important. Is that the freshman class this year is so much deeper and so much more talented than last year. And last year had like you know Tanner Holden and you know it's crazy. So I mean I don't know. It's it's and they're all retro essentially. I know. It's it's absolutely insane. It's it's amazing the talent level that has been. It's been elevated considerably, specifically within um, you know within the Horizon League over the la- between you know the, the this year and last year. Yeah. And and I guess it's probably you know it's it's part and parcel probably be- to. The fact that again, you know, the logjam we see this year is is because the, everybody's so competitive against each other, without a doubt. Yeah, and, and I mean, like I, said, I mentioned, it's crazy if when you really put it in context that all of these freshmen, for how good they are, are still considered freshmen next year. That's true, because everybody gets that. Yeah, this is like they everybody gets a mulligan year. So there you go. Yep. Um, you mentioned Warwick. Do you want to talk about Northern Kentucky and Green Bay split? I do. I do. Um, Yeah, man. I I, competitive game. It really and 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 to Green Bay has really been kind of the you you can tell that this is a this is a team that's just finally getting try still trying to figure it out in the first year under under Will Ryan because you because you see you know you see kind of the whole the, the whole learning experience at Green Bay just you know over the arc of the entire season. They're a couple no pieces better. away, I think. I'm sorry, was that? Oh, they're they're still a few pieces away, which is to sure. be expected when you get a, a coach late who changes the system completely. Like they're a couple oh, pieces away, but they but they're still good pieces and that's how they've been they made are. to manage, you know, some some really nice wins including a split with Northern Kentucky, which was a top 3 team going into Absolutely. the Absolutely. Indeed, it were, and that's it. It's funny because you know you have you know technically, and we I don't really want to talk about the formula. I'm I don't know what the formula is anymore. <laughs> Where you had Northern Kentucky and, and and Oakland as your third and fourth teams in that formula, and both of them split the weekend. How that how how's that going to work with the formula this week? I'd well, it's going to work out really bad for Oakland because splitting against the last place team is not going to do them any favors. 
I say I, I think Detroit Mercy's jumping over him. I think Detroit Mercy. Yes. I think Detroit Mercy you know, gets their uh, puts their way into the top four this weekend. I I'll do be, think so. I'm curious. So um, so Detroit Mercy split with Cleveland State, your your team. Um, yes. That first game, man, they they just played really solid, and then they kind of started to give it away, and yeah. then they finished it again. And uh, I mean, Antoine Davis was lights out the first day. By the way, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. By the way, um, by the way, over the at the end of the weekend, Dennis Gates basically said he said flat out Antoine Davis is player of the year. He's He's wrong. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, well, considering what Aladdin loved it this weekend, yeah. (laughs) You you can't shoot 13 percent for half the season and still be player of the year. You can't. I'm sorry. Like. Is Antoine Davis on an unreal streak right now? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But he's not player of the year. That I, no. I No, it's still loud in love. It's you know, especially Loud in Love's, you know, he dropped twenty nine and twelve on Saturday. Yeah, Loud in Love's still player of the year. Um and it's funny because, you know, we we've had a debate about is he even the best player on his own team? And every time we say that, he, he must like he must listen to us because like, oh yeah, watch this. I loud in. Um but yeah, so I, I guess I, man, that all I know is that the starts of both of those games for Cleveland State were frustrating as hell, um, because you know you you have a Detroit Mercy team that couldn't lose, that couldn't miss, and you have a Cleveland State team who couldn't hit anything, and then Friday was really bad, and Saturday wasn't any better. Um, I will say this, I you know, as good as Noah Waterman was on Friday. You can tell that he still needs to adjust to the game because he dropped off the planet on Saturday. Well, and that's I, what I, I don't think, think. I don't think that. I don't think. I don't think he's gotten used to the back-to-backs yet. I think that's what we have to keep an eye on now with Detroit Mercy. Is they were on this really hot streak, and now yeah. that it fell off, and it fell off with the players, which led to a loss. Will they yeah. regroup, or are we? Are they going to streak the other way? Like water finds its level. They were they were really bad. Then they were really good. Now now it's time to see who are you, who are we? You know. Well, I mean, if we're if we're being honest, they're playing Robert Morris next weekend. So that's uh. that's a big advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're looking for a bounce back series, Robert an AJ Bromelis, Robert Morris is definitely the way to go. I guess. <laughs> well, I can tell you from firsthand experience, it's not always as nice as it looks. Um. Also, yeah, that's is, that's true. Detroit Mercy is running a very, very short bench. I mean, they're only playing seven, maybe eight. I mean, Coca has not seen the floor much. Yeah, um, I was wondering where he was last one uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, is he even on the team? <laughs> I, I believe so. I mean, last time I saw them firsthand, he was still on the team. He played a little bit the first game and then didn't play the second. Um, I mean, he played he played the first game of the Cleveland State series for he had no actual minutes, but picked up two fouls. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, Mike Davis really shortened the bench yesterday um, in the yeah. loss, which is interesting. So, I mean, definitely something to keep an eye on is just what the rotation is going to be. They're still kind of figuring it out a bit. I think who who's going to step would, up and play. Yeah, that's well. What was interesting is is that we've been ta- we've been saying also. I mean, we said this in the preseason that at some point in time, you know, Cleveland State on Saturday decided after. You know, Antoine Davis decided to go off for like the first ten of the ten of the first fifteen points for Detroit Mercy, um, right at the beginning of the game. Dennis Gates apparently decided to say, "All right, you know what? We're Yale Hill, 
Alec Oglesby, go after him, lock him down. Everybody else has to beat us. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's exactly what happened. Them. I mean, that was that, that was basically what uh, that's what I saw on Saturday is that you had Hill and Oglesby kind of tandem defending him, and then you also had, at certain points you had Draco Million too, but. That combination, I don't know if it confused him or I don't know what happened, but once they figured out that they really actually have to seriously think about defending Antoine Davis, he dropped off. Yeah, 10 to 24 on, on Saturday, which is not a, not a very efficient game for him. Not really. So, but again, you know, the 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 loss on Friday basically, first of all, obviously – you know, obviously reinforces my my philosophy that you you underestimate Mike Davis at your own peril, but also to this it, this idea of you know how is Cleveland State doing this and we're not really sure that kind of came up on Friday too. I, I mean, I've, I I always say I don't know how this I don't know why this Cleveland State is as good as they are other than coaching. That's all I can get back to. But nonetheless, yeah. it, it's whatever it is, it's working. It is, and it's funny. And funny enough, the loss, uh, Cleveland State lost with Tory Patton scoring, I think, thirty-one. I had to double check. I had to do a double take on that. I'm like, he scored thirty-one, really? Well, and that was the same. In um, I was the first game against Oakland where I think Patton had twenty-one or something like that. Yeah. I, I I was in person and I looked at the box score because someone mentioned after the game. I was like, what? I don't even remember sure. Tory Patton being on the floor, let alone scoring twenty-one points. It was the quietest yeah. game I've ever seen out of someone. Like blew my mind like that's just you just kind of under the radar like you forget he's there all of a sudden he's got 20 some points yeah so detroit mercy has robert morris next weekend i think detroit mercy has a very good chance of bouncing back and i do think they're at a point where and that's a home game for them i, I think detroit mercy is actually at a point where a top four seating for them is not out of the realm of possibility i think that they have a very good chance of that um cleveland state plays fort wayne again at fort wayne um I got to have a conversation. Okay, we got to talk about this whole thing because I saw this replay earlier this morning about with Demetri Corton from uh, from Purdue Fort Wayne. He actually did the off the glass alley oop dunk on Youngstown State. I I saw this yesterday and I was thinking, oh, first of all, how are you able to get away from away with that? And second of all, how do you still lose that game? Yeah, you should not be throwing alley oops off the back to your off the backboard to yourself I, and losing by fourteen. Like that's that, a bad look. That was so well. No, that was a uh, yeah. That was I want to say that was actually that was yesterday, and they only lost by two. Oh, I'm looking at the okay. That was yesterday. Yeah, that, oh, that was yesterday's game. game. Were they? They were very close. They were very close, and um, yeah. So that was Youngstown State. Probably this is this is probably good for Youngstown. This is because Youngstown State's won five in a row. Um. We, I, I kind of expected this because the the way the schedule is set up for them has been they already have you know they they, they finish out the season at home which they really needed to um, so they actually have a they they have a pro they you know Youngstown State definitely has the opportunity to finish 500 in the conference um, I still think it's kind of a disappointment for them. I mean, we everybody else we we all had them kind of pretty high, but you know that's you know I don't know if 500 is going to do it. 
But I guess it doesn't matter because uh, apparently, uh, apparently, Jared Calhoun signed an extension with them, so he's going to be there till twenty twenty five. Yay! For now, so, until something better comes hey. along. But yeah, so that so and they're playing IUPUI, and then you know, I don't honestly, I I know that's a fa- you know it's a home game for you know, it's a home series for Youngstown State, but you have IUPUI and Marcus Burke, and by the way, I did not know this either that apparently Marcus Burke has the opportunity to be the only IUPUI player in Division One history to average to finish his career averaging twenty points a game. Huh? The only one. Okay. I know. It's crazy. Well, I mean, when he's shoot, when he's scoring like thirty plus points a game, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can do that. I mean, um, the 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 IUPUI team we saw this weekend, and UIC's, you know, they're 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 falling a little bit right now. They're they're struggling a little bit, but this yeah. IUPUI team is who I expected to see personally, despite Byron Rim, and why I had them in the top half of the Horizon League, and making me they're making me look a little less dumb right now because that that team is really good. I mean. Elijah Goss, Burke, and Manette, like, that's a good place to be. And then Mike DePersia had had himself a nice weekend just kind of facilitating. He really did, man. That's, you know, 14, 14 assists on Friday? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the guy That's the guy they had needed to run in the point all season, That the guy who was dishing out 14 on Friday. Well, it's easy to do that when, you know, you're, you're, the guys you're dishing it to can't miss. <laughs> well, I mean, and then even the second game, he, he had nine points, uh, yeah. nine rebounds, and five assists. Like, that that's a good stat stuff. And Absolutely. Kind of game for him, you know, playing 38 minutes. Like So that's a potential trap game for, for the, yeah, that's definitely a trap game for trap series for Youngstown State because of the fact that you've got three guys on the floor, Burke, Minette, and now I would even argue Goss is in that conversation where any one of those guys could, you know, has the potential to scorch you. Absolutely. And that shouldn't be surprising to anybody because this has been the same. This has been the same dynamic nearly the entire season, with the exception of the Cleveland State. With the exception of the Cleveland State game, uh, the Cleveland State series where they basically render they made Jalen Bennett disappear, which nobody else has been able to do. By the way, that you have. That I guess my question would be, how exactly, what exactly are they doing next year? Because those guys are going to be gone, unless you know. Because Mark, even with the even with the Mulligan year, I still think Marcus Burke is going off to do something else. There's really money to be made from somewhere. Absolutely. Sure. And so, yeah, I it, it's I'm going to be very interested. I'm going to be very interested in seeing what IUPUI does next year because they only get for whatever reason they only gave Byron Rim an extra year. They didn't give they, him a multi-year it. deal. They just gave him one year. They just kicked the can down down the road another year. Like, we'll deal with this later. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. I don't know. So, but yeah, that one's going to be a, that one's going to be a potential trap game for them. And then, you know, Cleveland State night, uh, Fort Wayne, we, we argued this already. You don't, it's this is going to be the last opportunity to see if, uh, if a team wins against another team four times. I don't know. I mean, the, it's the Fort best Wayne, opportunity. Fort Wayne, it is the best opportunity, but you know, Purdue Fort Wayne did was pretty intense on Friday, on Saturday, and they almost came out of Youngstown with a win. There's so, very, I mean, we're at a point in the season where if you look around and you, you had to pick your opponent, there's very few teams that you might want. You know, that that would be the poison you pick. I think Fort Wayne is probably the one right now, but if they yeah. 
do some good work against Cleveland State this week, and they also move into the not excited to play them category. Otherwise, there's no one I look at. I mean, I could say Robert Morris, but they just split with Oakland, you know, and yeah, they, they exactly. battled. Like, I mean, maybe Oakland's the team. And you're like, you know what? I think I could handle them. Like, but if you had to pick your poison, I don't know. Milwaukee, maybe. I, I don't know. Every time I feel like Milwaukee is doing what Milwaukee does and, and sliding, then I look and I'm, they're, they're actually right in the middle where they. They're not, yeah, Milwaukee isn't terrible. They're still going to, like, it still looks like they're probably going to. Yeah, and by the way, the Oakland versus Milwaukee. So so if there's an opportunity for the Milwaukee meltdown to be completed, Oakland, this is your chance to complete it for them. Well, see, here's what the Horizon League didn't do anybody any favors because usually Oakland falters down the stretch and Milwaukee falters down the stretch. So they set it up so that somebody has to win. Somebody It'd has be to be like a giant over. slap fight, I think. Like, no, they're going to split because that would be the most detrimental to both teams at this point. Like, no one's going to dominate. They'll split it. And cool. So we got nowhere on that. Perfect. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, if it, I'll be honest with you, if Milwaukee win, uh, win splits, they actually save face for the second half of the season, I think. That's oh, okay. my thought. Well, I think no, no, I think all... I think a win for any a win, a split this weekend I think is a win for Milwaukee. I mean they they battled right state this weekend they didn't look they bad. really did yeah I mean that was it was not a it was definitely not a patented uh, right state blowout like they've been doing to everybody. Um, well, it felt like they took the I, I was able to watch those games and it, it felt like they took their foot off the gas like it, it really should have been a blowout and then they kind of. Eh. Okay, wait, hold on. Well, no, uh, no. Okay, now. Like, I don't know. Wright State was in control. Like, just really seemed to dominate well, control. It. So, so I think the the season is gonna uh, the season's going to come down to whether Cleveland State can pull off the the we can win four games against a single opponent, which nobody else has been able to do, and Wright State against Northern Kentucky, which I don't care. Throw, I mean. Throw the records out. I think this is still an intense rivalry. I think, I think Northern Kentucky is going to give them their best shot. I really do. Yeah. And I, and I also don't think I don't, think, I, don't, I, don't I also don't think Green Bay is as bad as their record indicates either. I think they've got some pretty good compo- pieces to them too. So it wasn't really all that surprising that they were able to split that series with Northern Kentucky. Despite what some of our, our Twitter followers and such like to say, this league really isn't so bad. It's it's just not it's not great, but it's not bad either. It's kind of just very middle of the road. Well, see, that's the other thing. I think the big thing that we have run into is the fact that we this is such a weird year where we didn't see this. We've only by and large seen this league fight each other. The teams in this league fight each other. We didn't see for the most part them competing in the non-conference for a lot of the, for most of that. I mean, the mm-hmm. right state, notwithstanding whatever, however much money, you know, Oakland made on their buy games, notwithstanding, we didn't see a lot against outside competition. So what we're seeing is, is kind of this, this, this bubble really, if you will. Mm-hmm. Of, I think next year when, you know, next year we we get to a point where we're getting back, easing back into the normal traditional schedules, where we have you know fourteen or fifteen non-conference games or however many it's going to be because we got twelve teams. I don't know how they're going to figure out the the scheduling. I think we'll have a better. I think we'll have as far as 
how the Horizon League stacks up against the rest of the NCAA. Are they a better league now, next year, once they take a, once they go up against some not, uh, some uh, more way more non conference opponents than they did this year? I think that's where we'll see where the progress lies. Right. Or if any exist at all. I do think so, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. So, so that's going to wrap it up for us again. We'd like to thank Billy Wampler for uh, coming on, uh, coming on the podcast with us. Really appreciate that. Definitely. uh, The, the loud and love hair mystery has been solved. Finally. (laughs) I know that's been, I know that's been a point of conversation for us and many other people on the, on uh, among the fan base. So always appreciate that. Um, As always, obviously, HorizonRoundtable.com. Uh, what do we we do a bunch of stuff on there now? There's I know we. A lot I of keep, it really is. And if you and by the way, if you miss anything, don't worry. Subscribe to the newsletter. We post it every Friday. HorizonRoundtable.com/slash/subscribe. So if you miss anything during the week, don't worry. We got you covered. Um, and again, wherever podcasts are found, um, we're still having some issues with Google Podcasts for some reason. Ever since we they switched over to from Google Play Music, it's been a pain in the ass <laughs> for our podcast. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's some intent, you know some issue with them reading our feed or whatever. It's been a pain in the ass. I've had at least two or three people tell me about this. Uh, we're on it. We're trying to figure it out. Be patient with us. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then of course you can pull this up on your Amazon, um, Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week. Next week is definitely going to be. You definitely don't want to miss next week because we'll hopefully they'll actually have like the give us all the rankings before we get on the podcast because I don't know if I want to. You know, I don't know if I want to wait till Monday. So until then, thank you all for listening. <laughs>